0: Gamers Podcast. (laughs) Use all of that.
1: (laughs) Just start over. No, it's funny.
0: I'm your host, John. And here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. Today we're gonna talk about what we've been playing, current releases and from our backlog. And then the Xbox Bethesda Showcase that happened. That was cool. And then we're going to talk about The Last of Us maybe a little bit. You know that HBO show that everybody's raving about. You should make a video game out of that. But uh, before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media <laughs> or, you know, see all the places you can listen to the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. And uh, the Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon, and the Patreon supports all of the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as one dollar a month and help keep our shows alive and well.
2: You turned into fucking emo Phillips from UHF for like three seconds Check there. Check it out:
0: <laughs> mpn.bz <laughs> slash Patreon. I cut my finger. (laughs) (laughs) Just call me Mr. (laughs) Butterfingers.
2: Fingers. (laughs) How the fuck did you pull that out of your ass and I couldn't think of it? (laughs) Because, man, that's one
0: of my favorite movies of all time. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah, anyways. uh, Again, check it out. NPN.BZ slash Patreon. Thanks again. Jason K, Tom Z, David O, Alan K, Corey Z. For their contributions, one of the perks to join the Patreons, is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side SideQuests Side quests are where we veer off outside the realm of video games into food, beverages, movies, TV, and more. I'm not sure what we're doing this time around, but if you join our Patreon, you get those episodes a week early. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to Midwest Game Nerds at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Alex, any bumpers for the network?
2: Yes, the horror Hormovie Book Boys have uh, a normal episode out where they talk about Kevin Williamson's new movie, Sick. That is the writer of Scream, creator of Scream, and uh, his new movie that's on Peacock called Sick. And they also talk about the Scream 6 trailer, speaking of Kevin Williamson, new Scream movie coming out this year. And uh, they have a Tiny Terror out where they talk about... They do a 2023 random preview generator where Tim took a bunch of games and movies and TV shows and put numbers on them and they used a random number generator to talk about some of them. So (laughs) check those out over on the horror horror movie yearbook feed. Was it like a bunch of
0: things they actually want to talk about or like a bunch of random stuff and then they were just forced to talk about?
2: No, they kind of like rapid fire through some of them like they they he just. I think he just took a bunch of like things that they, horror-related things that they could talk about, because they do talk about, like, um, they hit on a bunch of horror video games, and then they realize that all of them are just remakes of old horror games, because there's <laughs> not only Dead Space, but also Resident Evil 4 and Silent Hill 2 <laughs> are all slated for this year. So yeah. I think by the time he got Silent Hill 2, Tim was like, why, why are there only... Remakes of horror movies, horror horror games. We're in that
0: phase of video games that the movie industry
2: has been dealing with for the past two decades. So, (laughs) no new ideas, only nostalgia. Yep. Final Fantasy VII Remake. It turns out the people who have nostalgia for these things now might have a little bit of money to spend on it because they gave up on, you know, buying houses and things like that. So, you know. Anyway, anyway, go check it out. Check it out. Yes.
0: All right, where do we want to start? Uh, How about uh, what you've been playing?
2: All right. What are you playing on your Xbox or on your PlayStation or on your Nintendo Switch? What you've been playing? I checked out the first hour of Dead Space 2023. That is the remake of Dead Space. Uh being made that that is made by EA and um in Unreal Engine five? Uh they did it in Frostbite again. <clears throat> <clears throat> uh this was done by EA Motive. They are best known for uh some work on Battlefront 2 and also Star Wars Squadrons before this Dead Space remake. It's very much a remake, but it's kind of cool in the way that Final Fantasy 7 remake is because it looks like your memory of what dead space looks like because it turns out if you go back and look at what the original dead space which came out in two thousand eight for the xbox three sixty and p s three looks like right now, it doesn't look that good um, <laughs> b- but now this new version is quite pretty um so I paid fifteen dollars for e a play pro on my pc which means i get to play this game it's not just a trial it's the full game so a little hack there for those of you with pcs you can pay 15 dollars instead of 59.99 or you know 79 or 69.99 on playstation 5 probably from what i'm hearing it's worth the money <laughs> it's it's great, because it turns out that Dead Space 2008 is a really great video game, and if you were to just release that game with better graphics, it's still great. It holds up very well. <laughs> um, And, you know, I, it's weird because I feel like EA has been kind of in the dumps lately with video games, you know? They kind of coast on their sports shit because everybody's like, I'm just gonna buy this anyway, and then please take all my money for... Uh, the ultimate team bullshit where you can buy booster packs of soccer players or whatever the fuck you can do. I don't know. It's Marvel <laughs> snap, but for sports who would want to play that? But anyway, uh, cut to five years from now and I'm like deep in the football manager, 2023 or whatever the fuck. I don't know how I got here. Dead space 2023. <laughs> um, the interesting thing is, is that so there's, there's three mainline dead space games Um, That came out in the PS3 360 era. And they didn't know it was going to be a trilogy the first time around. So from what I understand, they have peppered in a little bit more of the mythology that expanded from the other two Dead Space games back into this first one as kind of a way of like rounding everything out. Which I think is cool because I've heard good things about Dead Space 2 and 3. I think 3 was a little bit of an acquired taste for those who liked the first two Dead Space games, but um, I'm very interested to see if this kind of leads EA down the, the Resident Evil Remake path, and they're like, all right, now we're doing Dead Space 2, and then we're going to do Dead Space 3. And uh, I, I'm kind of okay with that, because I always meant to play Dead Space 2 and 3, and I never have. So um, I think I own the first and second games, and like... From Humble Bundle or something like that, probably. Yeah, I mean, I still think it'd probably be very playable. You know, it might not look very pretty, but, um, or you could just do this this remake. Uh, the thing is, to for, for me, as I mentioned, I'm playing on PC and um, I turned on DLSS to hopefully get nice frame rates, and when I'm in like the balanced or, like, ultra performance, it it works pretty well. If I go anywhere near the quality version of DLSS, I get, like, single-digit frames. Wow. Yeah, so I don't really know why that is. Maybe because I have a 3080, and I don't have access to DLSS 3 or whatever, which is only available for the 4080 and 4090. Um,
0: yeah, I don't remember what... Um what settings necessarily that the the reviewer on IGN had, but he was saying um he was using a twenty eighty. Okay. Uh and and his like his all of his settings were set to high at least. But he didn't yeah. I didn't I didn't catch any like anything about like ray tracing or any of that, like DLSS yeah.
2: like So I think because I have I turned on dynamic resolution scaling because I mostly just want to have a nice buttery smooth frame rate and I have DLSS on as well and it mostly looks pretty good. There's some features in in the in the setting that look a little bit like grainy, blurry, like some of the artifacting that you'll see when you use DLSS sometimes if you watch digital foundry videos about DLSS like I do, which is probably not a lot of people, but um but the game still looks very pretty and it looks It's crazy. It's nice to see like actual like lighting, a lighting system rather than the faking. Like I feel like this is one of the like more, if you compare Dead Space, the original Dead Space and this remake side by side and you just pay attention to how it's lit, you'll see what the difference between ray tracing and not ray tracing is because they had to like fake it. They had to be like, oh, this light source is moving. So we're going to make the lights on the wall move like this. Whereas with ray tracing, it's like, this is a light source and light radiates from it. And then the computer figures out where all that light bounces and what goes on with it. And so it's a very like
0: the, the digital foundry DLSS three analysis video has 211,000 views. So you're, you're it's not
2: just you. It's not just me, but unless you've watched it (laughs)
0: 211,000 times in preparation for
2: this podcast, that's that. I mean, yeah, I usually do, but, um, no, I think it looks very pretty. I'm playing on PC. Um, hopefully they work out some of the DLSS stuff, or maybe it's just my system. Um, but I am able to get a very steady 70 to uh, 90 frames per second at 4K with HDR and, and ray tracing on using DLSS and stuff. So, um, But yeah, I mean... Just in case people don't know, I guess I should have started here. Dead Space is very much a survival horror game in the vein of Resident Evil, but it takes place on a spaceship. Uh, and you are using industrial, like, planet mining weapons and space mining weapons to uh, dismember these zombie like creatures um, because you can basically, like, shoot off their legs to stop them from moving and then you shoot off their arm and that will kill them faster than if you try to just body shot them like you would in say a Resident Evil game. Um decapitating them doesn't always really do anything. You have to keep dismembering them. And uh it's it's a lot of fun. It's very interesting because Isaac Clarke the main character is in this very heavy like space mining suit type thing. And the character's not so nimble, and they kept it that way in this. There's no, like, quick turn like you have in a lot of the Resident Evils where you press, like, back in circle or back in B to, like, do a 180-degree turn and go the opposite direction. Um, And so you're kind of, like, locked in place. The thing that they give you to actually deal with enemies is a stasis. Like, you can cast, like, a stasis or fire a stasis ball at these these weird zombie like things and it freezes them in place for a second and then you can dismember them a bit and then they snap back into real time and they fall to pieces or whatever. So it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's really great. It seems great so far. I'm only an hour into this remake. I don't think they made any sweeping changes to anything. Like I said, I think they just peppered in stuff from some of the later games, but obviously I'll have to kind of weigh back in on that after I finish the game. I don't think it's a Final Fantasy Seven remake in that regard. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to play more of it and um, you know, it's I'm I'm <laughs> I had to fight really hard to not buy the game and then I realized that maybe I could play it with EA Play. And it turns out that I can with EA Play Pro. So I was like, I can throw fifteen dollars at that instead of sixty to seventy dollars on console. Um and I'll still be able to play uh, some God of War as well, as I keep going. But, yeah, it's great. People should check out Dead Space if they haven't before. And even if you have, it might be a great time to revisit it, because it's been, it's been a while. It's been over 10 years at this point, which is crazy to think. But um, it's a great survival horror game. Glad to hear that people are liking it, hoping it does well, and it could eventually lead to, like, a Dead Space 4. Because, you know, like... I don't see any reason... Like, I think I think people got kind of weird with Dead Space 3. There are people that like it. I think it's very divisive, I guess, is the right way to put it. And so, um, it'll be interesting to see if they opt to continue remaking them or start to branch out in some new direction with it. So, check out Dead Space if that interests you.
0: It also has some of the most badass art direction.
2: Yeah, it's very, like ridley scott alien you know it's that science fiction space kind of situation um it's not a like a 2001 it's not prometheus it is it is 1979 ridley scott alien you have lots of fan blades spinning with light shining through them very very cool lighting choices and things like that and um not only that but the creatures are very creepy Um, Isaac's suits are all very cool. The, the designs of the weapons, like you get the plasma cutters, the first weapon that you get, and you can press the right shoulder button to change it from like a horizontal to a vertical fire situation because you're firing like a line at, uh, at the limbs to cut them off. And you can change the orientation depending on how the enemy has their limbs oriented. Um, and that's kind of a cool, like little spin um, you know, it's, it's interesting cause with resident evil for me, it's always like you get the bullets out of the gun at, at the enemy. And in this game, you, you have to put more thought into it because yeah, just body shots don't help you very much. So I appreciate it for that and I'm excited to, uh, to keep going with it. So cool. Sounds good. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably check it out at some point. I
0: don't know. Survival horror really isn't my thing. Um not because i'm i'm a a little sissy or anything um sure it's just not i don't know
1: Those, t- t- just t-
0: even like okay, so we can get into my backlog real quick here because it's just a fast one um I don't know if you wanna play the bumper it doesn't really matter, it's but that's fine, that one's too long i played uh I played the last of us left behind, which uh I had finished the last of us earlier in twenty twenty two I don't remember when exactly I did but uh I didn't play the left behind segment at that point. So the recent viewings of the TV show and just musings of it in general it made me want to play left behind. Um and like that, these games they they like they give me an anxiety that like I kind of like but I kind of don't. <laughs> I don't know. I can it's not even like it's not like a scared anxiety. It's it's like the anxiety of like fucking up. Mhm that I don't, I don't want to do, so, um, because it's like, at least with The Last of Us, it's extremely stealth oriented, Yeah, and that's what I've come to realize, is that The Last of Us, the game is a stealth game, for all intents and purposes, it is a stealth game, it is not an action, like, survival horror game, so to speak, it just happens to be a survival horror setting, so to speak, like... I can't tell what Brian's doing but it looks like he's trying to be Spider-Man.
2: Trying to on the web. Much. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but anyways, uh yeah, so I played the left behind segment. Uh it was cool. It's a nice little um augment to the main story of the game and it's cool to cuz I never made again, I, I don't remember all of the connections in in the original like video game. I don't recall them. Telling you how Ellie knows Marlene, in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and
2: I, if if they do, it's like a very passing. In the comment. show,
0: they've made like a single reference to Ellie and Marlene having history. Yeah, at the very in the very beginning, like or uh, well, not the, it's the halfway point of the first episode or whatever. So for them, for me to go and be able to like see Ellie. Prior to her meeting up with Joel and understanding how she gets bit spoiler alert and um what and riley huh? her her like homie um girlfriend, I suppose you could say, but uh like I don't huh? her <laughs> it was it was cool to see that and to make those connections again. And it's nice to play as Ellie who has a pocket knife that doesn't get ruined. So that's cool. <laughs> because just a I, makeshift shiv. I hate consumable weapons like that in games. They drive me nuts. So it's it's like yeah. it's literally the only thing I hated about Breath of the Wild was the fact that my weapons were getting destroyed all the time. So um but yeah, ultimately, nice little augmented piece to the game. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I played it. I can't wait to crack into The Last of Us 2, but part of me can wait because I just know how... I, I get anxious thinking about it, <laughs> especially considering how, how anxious the show makes me watching it. Um, is, the the
2: interesting thing to me, it's been a long time since I played through the original Last of Us. I feel like The Last of Us Part 2 does a better job of making it less that if you fail the stealth you're completely fucked you know with the clickers in the first game you're you're screwed if you get seen it's like it's basically you it's a fail state you were you were heard or seen you're dead period and i feel like there's so much more fighting of humans in the last of us 2 that means that if you mess up the stealth, it's just going to be a bad time because you have to kill everybody with a gun, and the gunplay yeah. kind of sucks a little bit. That, that's the thing is,
0: like, I, I'm not like I'm I'm very bad at stealth games, notoriously. Like, I because it, I'm too impatient for them, and they require a certain level of patience, and I just don't have that in me. So it's it's really difficult. I tr- like I tried playing Metal Gear Solid Five, and my God, like I I was I. I don't think I got a grade above a C from like anything that I did.
1: Like I got to say though that game has much better stealth mechanics yeah. than The Last of Us. True.
2: See, but the thing for me is that I feel as though when when it's not just a straight fail state if you get caught, being able to push through and understand like I think you and I, John, think very similarly And that, like, oh, I failed the stealth. That means I failed at what the game wants me to do. But I feel like the better game makes it so that either, one, if you go in guns blasting because you want to be doing that, then you find your fun that way. Or, two, you stumble into crazy random bullshit that happens to you that either makes you very angry or makes you laugh because you happen to, like... I don't know, I accidentally tossed a grenade in an explosive barrel that was one foot well, away from I, me. I
0: don't remember, like, in the in the original game, like, having any instances where, like, in Left Behind, I was given a situation where there are both humans and clickers in the same environment, and I can use them against each other. Yeah. I don't remember that happening, and I really liked that. That yeah. was cool. Like, being able to use the environment to your advantage is awesome that to me is more like sandbox playground style of play than like i would even ever expect out of a game like the last of us for one but it just worked really well because there were two specific instances in left behind where like you as soon as you climb out of the air duct in from the one area you enter an area where you can clearly see um a couple of clickers and then you see that there's some guys coming in off in the distance in this one it's like a sporting goods store or something like that like i don't it was like a like a banana republic looking kind of place or something but all i did was pick up a rock or a brick and like throw it in that general direction and it set off the clickers enough to where they honed in on the humans who were like what was that like and so then the clickers are running after the humans then i get to watch the clickers destroy the humans which is super gratifying in and of itself and Mm -hmm. especially when you're watching using ellie's sense so like you can just see the silhouette of the person getting mauled by a clicker and like that's very funny to me uh (laughs) And then, because I had not been discovered by the Clicker, and I have my infinite pocket knife shiv mechanic, I can then pop down and stealth kill the Clickers that are left over. And that, to me, is like a more enjoyable way of doing it. Maybe it's cheesing it. I don't really know. I also think that's just how that was intended to be played, especially as Ellie, because she isn't Joel. She isn't a strong, like, super buff dude with big-ass guns, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. huge, super huge dudes... (laughs) <laughs> old school callback for all
2: you original listeners, um, but she's not a sharpshooter, and you know, yeah, and not and the Joel is either
0: exactly like so. It's nice to have that as a way to play the game, and I feel like I would have really liked more of that in the original game. I think, but again, I'm glad it was in the Left Behind segment because I think it really works, especially playing as Ellie. It makes a lot of sense that way, but.
1: Well, um, you're in luck because you have The Last of Us Part Two to play, where you play Ellie most of the time, and you can actually pit the clickers against the humans in at least some a few parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they they kind of it was their experiment of like, hey, can we make this work? When
2: they did Left Behind, and they certainly do it. Tol- used it that totally more.
1: works, a hundred percent. It's great. Oh, it's a great mechanic. Else- also you guys talking about fun kind of immersive gameplay when you fail stealth just makes me think that you guys would have more fun playing something like Dishonored or Deathloop, which I mean but Alex did play Deathloop, so that's cool. I and tried I play playing
0: I tried playing Dishonored many times. You and should I, try
1: Deathloop instead. I
0: got so anxious. Playing it because I was like, I don't want to kill anyone because I don't want any more
2: of these playgrats. Oh, and, and the also, more you kill, the more playgrats. Like, for for me, it was like I want the good ending, so I don't want anybody to die. Yeah, like, you know, and that. So it's this weird mental block of like, I need to be able to get over the hump of like. And the thing about death loop is, it's like you're gonna repeat everything again anyway, and so it's fine if you fuck up. Whatever, you know, there's another day. It's all good you lose out on whatever you were doing in the area that time, but... Maybe that's why no they made deal. Deathloop the way they did. It was because they were that's like, exactly oh, yeah, like,
0: people are having too much anxiety playing this game, so let's make one wow. where it doesn't really have a consequence,
2: like... Yeah, let's teach people how to play our video games with a video game. Like, I think, absolutely, I think that's...
1: And I, I think Redfall will probably have learned from that type of thing, too. Yeah, okay. Hopefully
2: shall we shall we break into that, Brian? I guess you can speak very briefly about one of the things announced at the Xbox Bethesda developer direct,
1: yeah, if we're still doing a what you been playing or whatever we call it, yeah. um I did play probably like thirty minutes of hi fi rush, which up until what was that Wednesday that the showcase came out, I think so, yeah uh was Unknown. Unknown. Like, yeah. Nobody it was, knew. It was rumored that it within existed. the days
2: before, uh, because it's Tango GameWorks, the people who made uh, the Evil Within series and Ghostwire Tokyo, most recently. Yes. Uh, also have this game that got announced and dropped on the day of the Developer Direct. So.
1: Which uh, I will say, this game is nothing like those games. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. Very much not a horror game for sure. Mm-hmm. It is uh, like a cel shaded, um, basically a rhythm beat 'em up game, and uh, but it's it's in 3D, and so there's a lot of uh, traversal involved and whatnot through the environments. But uh, it's it's done very well. Like it, I feel like I will be able to play it, and I'm notoriously not so good at rhythm based <laughs> games. And uh, but I, I'm intrigued by the the way the storytelling is unfolding and everything. It's just a very slick looking game, and the voice acting's phenomenal. The music choices are reasonably solid so far. Um, yeah, it it's, seems pretty cool. I'd like to stick to it. It's also supposedly not that long, like maybe eight hours like max, which is probably why it has the $30 price tag. Or you can play it on Game Pass for free. Yeah, yeah, before the uh, Xbox uh, showcase, nobody even knew it was coming out. And then they were like, hey, it's out today. And it's on Game Pass and Steam. And Epic Game Store, I believe.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. I, uh, uh, it's it's a kind of game I would want to check out. Like I, I was never big on like the uh, Devil May Cry games, but I've heard it's kind of a a rhythm based Devil May Cry, which is interesting to me. Um, so you I know. mean, depending on who you talk to, Devil May Cry was rhythm based. You know, true, true. But this is like with it actually like ingrained and built in, and like the yeah, game with, designed with around with it, you you mattering know. to some extent. Mattering and like, you know, if you watch the trailers and things, you see like how the characters kinda like when he's in idling animation, he's like kinda bopping his head to the to the beat and things like that. And so I don't know, it's 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 so stylish. It looks awesome. And yeah. um the fact that like the cinematics will go from like a two D anime style to like three D without even like, uh, without calling attention to it necessarily, it's very cool. I, I I think it looks great, so I'll have to check that out at some point.
1: Yeah, the, the story goes, the setup for it, um, which you, you'll see unfold, like, within, I don't know, the first ten minutes of the game. Um, basically you are going into this, uh, corporation that basically runs everything in the, uh, dystopian future. Very bright dystopian future, I might add. The palette's very bright. Um, but you're going in to get your busted arm replaced with a robot arm. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, there is a uh, an incident that occurs to where your iPod that you <laughs> have with you ends up being fused into your chest and then basically you like the whole world around you kind of moves with your rhythm i I think (laughs) that it's
2: like isn't it like he's feeling the rhythm of the world because he has something like
1: that yeah one way or the other it's uh it's pretty cool though
2: some cronen cronenbergian body horror like the fly uh but with an ipod
0: the Game Pass app says uh, main story is ten hours, and the completionist can do it in thirteen. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that. I'll have to get that on the uh, on the Xbox.
2: Yeah. Um, but the rest of this developer direct, I guess that begins our our uh, patch notes. And now patch notes with John, Brian, and Alex. It was the the Patch Notes cold open. Yes. Uh, So they had four other games that were featured in the Xbox and Bethesda Developer Direct this past Wednesday. Um, One of which was Minecraft Legends, which got a release date of Tuesday, April 18th. This is the uh, kind of real-time strategy uh, Minecraft game, Um, and they showed off not only... Uh, well, they, they mentioned the PVP mode, which I think was kind of known for this, but they're also working on, uh, or no, they mentioned the PVE mode, which is, which was announced previously and it's four player co-op PVE, uh, RTS style game, but they also showed off the PVP mode. I don't know if you, what you guys kind of thought about this, but it seemed kind of cool to see like people building bases in an RTS using Minecraft kind of, uh, architecture and strategy and things like that and being able to like the four people on your team one person could do resource gathering while the other person is building the base and the defenses and things like that um
1: did this kind of strike your guys fancy at all yeah i mean i think it looks more fun than playing actual minecraft personally but uh (laughs) it just it it just looks like a neat take on uh, an rts which I, i feel like they're kind of played out. There's not really any ingenuity in them anymore. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about it previously, but the fact that like RTS just kind of gave
2: birth into the like Dota and MOBA craze that's going on is so disappointing to me. And this is the first one of these that I've looked at and kind of been like, hey, that seems kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think uh, it's it seems pretty crazy. And the the cool thing is it's not only coming out for PC and Xbox, but also still coming out for like PlayStation four and five and Xbox one, and also switch like other Minecraft things as well. So, um, very cool that they showed that off. and, And hopefully it brings a new generation of people into the, uh, the RTS fold. I think, uh, it looks, it looks very cool to me. Um, in the same way that, like, what was the Minecraft story mode kind of thing? Not story mode, but Minecraft, Minecraft Dungeons? Minecraft Dungeons, that's right. I kept, like, confusing this with that game, and I was like, no, that's a completely different I, game. I did but, the same thing, so. Yeah. Um, but this this looks like more, like a more considered and thought out, like, different expansion in the Minecraft universe. So I'm very curious to see how uh, how it's received when it comes out. Um... Another game that they talked about at the direct was the new Forza Motorsport, which will be launching this year.
1: No yeah. specific
2: release date yet, but it has been... Uh, they were doing in every other rhythm with Forza Horizon game, which is kind of the open world um, race challenge kind of game. And then Forza Motorsport, which is more of the like racing sim type game. Um, And they've taken a couple years off with Motorsport. So this is the first one in, I think, five years. Um, And, yeah, I mean, they showed off a lot of, like, visuals from it, of course, because that tends to be, like, you know, that used to be the, like, bellwether of new console game is, like, check out how sweet our racing game looks now. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how many times I can look at Forza Motors, like, look at a racing game for a new console generation and be like, yeah, that now looks even more like real life than before. Like, at some point, it's got to be diminishing returns, but, I mean, you know. I guess it'll be interesting to see if the people look like Q-tips standing up in stands like they used to, kind of. Or, like, cardboard cutouts, actually. was kind of how they looked for a long time. Um... But yeah, they touted things like an actual like dynamic time of day with weather, tracking temperatures and wet driving surfaces, which changes the way that a different like like a rainstorm could come through on lap two, and change the way that your race goes and that kind of thing, um, which is interesting. And uh, they're also working. They I think they built the sound systems from from kind of the ground up to take advantage of. Dolby Atmos and Windows Sonic, which is the kind of PC, uh, uh, sound, sound technology that Windows is pushing. Um, but yeah, Brian, what did you think As our resident racing expert? Uh, what, what is the new, did this new motorsport, uh, do anything for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've been looking forward to it for quite a while and, uh, playing Gran Turismo uh Seven Is it Seven? Is yeah, that the It's Seven actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh made me just want to play Forza because I've always been partial to Forza. That's just kind of what I I mean, I had an Xbox and I didn't have a PlayStation, but yep. at some point or another Forza Motorsports in my opinion definitely overshadowed um Gran Turismo as a franchise and uh like i mean the the newest Gran Turismo is pretty solid in a lot of ways but lacks in others and i just uh i just feel like if they put this much extra time into a, a motorsport game then it's probably going to be awesome cuz yeah like you were saying they used to just do one every two two to three years
2: yeah, and I have to wonder how much of it. Like, I remember Seven getting really railed on the on the microtransactions, and I'm curious how much they've kind of reconsidered doing that at all, or if they just wanted to put more time between the last ones so that people will be like, "Oh, thank God, there's more motorsport," and I don't care that there's microtransactions because now there's microtransactions and everything. But
1: yeah, I um, mean, still, from what I recall, Motorsport Seven like. Still gave you more stuff at a at a quicker pace for free than gran Turismo does I mean, like the currency system in that is pretty rough at times
2: yeah I'm not yeah i don't I don't mean to say that as like Gran Turismo did it any better. I just remember that one of the main topics about motorsport was like. And also 7, like Gran Turismo 7, people very much like chat all over the microtransactions for that yeah, game. And I sure. still think they do, uh, even though they tried to fix it a little bit. So clearly yep. something that's like the racing games have not made, f- found the right way to monetize, I think, with microtransactions. Yeah. As of yet. But uh, we'll see if maybe this new motorsport can can do it. And it sounds other.
1: like they're trying, like, a whole new career mode as well, which is mm-hmm. exciting because that got kind of stale. Like, they didn't really do much with it year to year other than, like, hey, you're going to just keep going from one circuit to the other, and then, oh, it's a new set of championships, whatever, and, yeah. Yeah. There, just, there wasn't any sort of narrative to it or anything. That's one thing that... The that Gran Turismo does better is like making you do all the silly licenses and stuff. I think is actually cool. And like it has a whole map where, you're like, hey, you could go to the dealership and then like buy used cars and shit instead of just brand new ones. And then you got to keep keep them up, up and, and stuff yeah, and all yep. that. Um, I, I did in, uh, enjoy that part of the uh, the single player. And yeah. For- Forza was pretty dry. But I they're talking about some sort of like build your car mode, I think is what it's called. And um that makes me think that you're kinda gonna kind of go through the game upgrading and focusing more on one vehicle at a time. Like
0: It'd be funny if it was like career mode like the EA sports games have, and you're some guy named like Carl who works at like the Ford assembly line. And you have to like build a Mach-E, you know, like <laughs> you show up to work every day and like you, you do your thing. And you take like a 15 minute smoke break and, you know, go vape outside for a minute. And then you go in and you, you stand on your, your line and you install your one screw in the spot with the, using the robot arm and <laughs> you get paid $28 an hour. That,
2: that sounds more like a game from the like, um, PC building simulator <laughs> crowd. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but it's the the Forza career mode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Car building focused single player career mode, which could be anything, but uh, it sounds different than what you used to do in a Forza game, which was just continue to buy a lot of cars to do different types of races. Yeah. Which you can still do because it's going to have over 500 cars at launch, so.
2: Yeah that's awesome uh we'll see when that uh release date hits. I would assume they're probably trying to hit like fall time frame, although I don't know they might try and spread it out a bit from who know who knows when uh uh
1: what's the space one starfield starfield I, is I gonna actually feel like hit. it's hinging on when they can push starfield out the door yeah like if if they can get starfield out in the summer then they'll push it to fall i keep i keep getting like
0: uh in my google feed i keep getting like stories pushed from these bullshit like online outlets that are not legitimate at all and
2: they're like by chat gpt or something like that yeah i don't even
0: know but it's always like there's like starfield delayed until 2024 blah 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 all this crap just to get you to click on it you know and then Mm -hmm. there's like i just like i saw um like I think it was I don't know if it was Neil Druckmann or, or one of the other guys From Naughty Dog I think it was Neil Druckmann Actually like did an interview Where he said like They're basically done With Uncharted Like there's no more Yeah And then I just saw Another one pop up That's like It was like Uh PlayStation ad Teases next Uncharted game Like from like Two <laughs> days ago And I'm And I'm like You're full of shit Like so there's all there's all a bunch of them that are talking about Starfield being delayed even further, like which is not out of the realm of possibility, I suppose.
2: Yeah, I mean, they I feel like they said that when they delayed Starfield and Redfall, they said first half of 2023, I think. But that doesn't yeah. mean that I can't change. But what's uh, what's. Yeah, Well, we'll we'll go real quick. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online was one of the other big announcements. They announced the latest expansion, uh, Necrom, which uh, is is going back to uh, Morrowind, apparently. Um, But, uh, yeah, they also started a free, uh, a limited time free trial for Elder Scrolls Online Plus, which makes all the past chapters and past DLC available to any players with the base game. Uh, including those who have it through Game Pass, so that's cool. Which, you if you look up.
0: at how much content there is for that game, it is insane how big yeah, it
2: is. I feel like I don't actually know anybody who's like, I like this and I play it a lot. Like, even yeah, the I don't, biggest I don't know anybody Elder that plays play, it, fan I, that I know doesn't want to play it. Gojo doesn't play this game because he doesn't like other people being in his, in his Elder
1: Scrolls experience so you also probably have a hard limit on how many spoons you can collect
0: yeah or wheels of cheese
2: yeah they won't let you take down the server because you put all the all the light sources in one lighthouse um (laughs) yeah so there's a new expansion coming this june uh, for Elder Scrolls Online, check that out if that is your thing. But the final and maybe biggest uh showing that they did was for Redfall, which was previously delayed from twenty twenty two. It is now coming on May second. Uh, this is the latest game from Arcane Austin. Um, Arcane being the studio behind games like uh, Deathloop, like we previously mentioned, and and um, uh Dishonored as well. But Redfall is their vampire game that is a first-person shooter, but it is story-driven and also multiplayer. They 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 throw a lot of descriptors around. Those two things don't
0: work for me, like (laughs) story-driven plus multiplayer, because and it's it's one of the things I always hated about Destiny was like even though it's a community game and it's fun to play with other people, if you're actually trying to pay attention to what the story is, it's impossible like it is like it i always hated playing through destiny and getting like trying to understand the story but like everybody else is like no let's get to the multiplayer man let's go do that but you got to you got to bust your way through this whole section in order to get to that point and it's just like i just want to know what's going on
2: like yeah to me, it kind of gave a flavor, we talked about this a little bit in our private Discord, but it, it gave a little bit of flavor of something like a like a Borderlands, where it's kind of, could be hop in, hop out co-op, and, you know, different different characters have different um, powers that you can utilize, which is something that is very arcane to have, um...
0: See, it's it strikes so, me as, like, a Left 4 Dead meets Destiny kind of thing, but I see the Borderlands ties, too, I suppose. Like, because you can't, like, in Left 4 Dead, you can't be, like, two of the same character on the same team,
1: you know? Like, they're very distinct characters that you're playing as, so. Yeah. They, they kind of, like, likened it more to Far Cry than anything because the, the map is a full open-world map.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of the thing that has come out a little bit more recently, but I don't know. It's very strange to me that they seem to be unable to really quantify this game in people's eyes and really connect it. to. Like, I feel like, in what I've heard from other podcasts, nobody looks at these trailers and is like, I know what Redfall is and where the fun is in this game. So, I don't know. Like, I don't... I really liked Deathloop and so I certainly plan on giving Redfall a try but it's not you know the vampires to me doesn't really do much and it's just not really doesn't really feel like something that I'm like excited to check out but
0: no I like know. the vampire thing I I'm, I'm into vampires to begin with but I also like um it's like my my issue Like I mentioned in our chat Is mainly along the lines of not being able to make my own character Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to give me Like a narrative driven game of some sort Like i I want to feel Like I'm part of that universe And not really have like
2: A voiced character That I'm playing as so to speak I think those are just different Types of narrative Right and sometimes they want to tell A story that is about certain characters But yeah You know, yeah, I think with video games, certainly putting you in the shoes of the character you're playing is kind of one of the advantages you can have. So, anyway, May 2nd, coming to Game Pass, Xbox Series S and X and PC.
0: That is the first half of 2023.
2: Yeah, no, they made it with that one. I don't know about Starfield. They did mention here at the end of this Xbox article that there is a standalone Starfield show that is in the works. Um, but no real No real telling what that When it might come and, I still uh, think
0: it would be the most baller move For them to have that and then just say like Oh yeah it's it's available right now And then uh, the whole internet explodes And everybody dies
2: I feel like they only ever do that With games that you never know about Like Hi-Fi Rush You know it's always a game that you never would have like even cared or thought about. In but the that's first the play. thing is
0: like you would never expect them to do that to a game that big. Yeah, you know maybe maybe it's like when we we should look into like when Microsoft's like fiscal year ends or whatever and see like the how it ties into release dates and shit because it would be funny to see if like their fiscal year ends like end first first half of uh 2023 or whatever it could yeah and then it could, it could be march or
2: whatever even
0: massive spike of uh of subscribers for Xbox Game Pass because of
2: Starfield Starfield's coming march march 20th or something yeah, like that like yeah like that would
0: be crazy but you Who wouldn't knows? expect it you wouldn't see that coming and everybody would be pumped
2: that would be pretty interesting if they were like, "Hey, guess what? Starfield's coming before Redfall." But uh, it's not. Maybe, of yeah, I mean, maybe that's I why guess. they
0: did this this way is because it is coming before Redfall, but they didn't want to overshadow these other games that are clearly going to be hidden
2: and that need it more than yeah, need it yeah, more than need more attention. You know, that's fair. It all would right.
0: just it would be funny. It's Todd Howard all by himself, and he's like, "Hey, hey guys, how's it going? It's me, Todd Howard." Um, <laughs> releasing uh we're releasing starfield today right now and that's it. it's like a 30 second like bethesda
2: showcase boom internet blows up the whole world dies and he's like we wanted to release it this year so that we could release it again next year on different consoles
1: <laughs> right on the pro models <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> We decided um, to put it on Nintendo Switch first. The Alexa version of...
0: Here, here's us showcasing Starfield. it on a, a 4080 Ti, and then here's us showcasing it on the 6080 Ti that comes out <laughs> in six months. Yeah.
2: But that was the Xbox Bethesda Developer Direct... uh I feel like it's maybe the first time other than their big E3 presentations where they've had like kind of an off cycle developer direct kind of thing. So, um yeah. Interesting to see if they continue doing them in this format and and I liked it. It was good. It felt it felt a little limited in scope with only 4 games, but they were pretty big, so Yeah, we'll five, see if they do more. 5 games? Yeah, that's true. I don't Elder Scrolls Online is no video game. That's just the. Well, it's
0: it's kind of cool that like (laughs) they took five of their separate studios. Like, Microsoft has a stable of studios now Mm -hmm. that make cool shit. And they they took five of those cool studios and they gave them all an opportunity to show something off. Like, under the blanket of Microsoft, like, hey, check out all this cool stuff they were doing for you. Also, it's all on Game Pass. Ha, yeah, ha. for sure. Like, There's
2: one big forty five minute Game Pass commercial. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: But, and it works for everybody. I mean, Game yeah. Pass is dope. I think we all agree.
2: That's the whole thing. It's like, I don't know if this is for me, but it's on Game Pass, so I can play it anyway.
1: Yeah, I'll like, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like I don't care about Forts Motors- and Motorsport, but I'm gonna I wanna see that shit on my T V. Like I'm gonna mm-hmm. download it. And I'm gonna keep paying the fifteen something bucks a month that I don't even know that I'm paying.
2: <laughs> it's just don't know what credit card even, it's going I, to I
0: honestly don't even know what credit card it's on <laughs> I have no fucking clue no clue oh boy. no clue so uh real quick I I mean are we I'm assuming we're going to jump into the Last of Us TV show for a minute here but I do mm-hmm. want to say that uh we are all three of us on the way to somehow completing God of War so we'll maybe do a spoiler cast of
2: that yeah, it's been requested of us by the audience. so uh, I've already please.
0: completed it.
2: It's done. It's a done deal. I'm now 15 hours into the game, which is, I think, about 3,000% further in than I was last time. So yeah. um, I'm I, I'm i am chugging along, uh, and I took a brief pause to check out some dead space, but I plan to keep going with it. Uh, we should also say Brian did pick a bargain bin game. That's right. If you want to mention it real quick, Brian, and obviously we're going to give people a couple of weeks here to check it out. Uh um,
1: is it? it is called Line. It is L spelled L Y N E and it it is a uh puzzle game. And it was 2.99 regular price. It's available on Steam the Apple App Store, and Google Play.
0: Oh, nice. I can play it on my phone.
1: Yes. Oh, it looks really ideal to play on a phone, actually. its two ninety nine a
2: piece on each of those platforms. So. I'll buy it right if now.
1: This, If they are um, identical versions, I don't care which platform you play it on, to be honest. Yeah, I would think they are. I mean, it looked like they would be. So. I bought it on Steam. If I like it enough. Maybe I'll get it again on mobile.
2: Yeah, it looks cool. It's a, it's a the the website for the game says deceptively simple, infinitely complex. Line is a minimalist puzzle game that will not your brain as it is as it calms your soul. Connect the shapes, fill the board, lose yourself in the interflowing paths of line. So
0: lose yourself in the music the moment you want it. You better never let it go.
1: Yeah, sorry.
2: You can also pick up the game on Itch.io if you wanted to uh, make sure as much of your money gets into the developer's hands as possible, and they'll give you a Steam key or DRM-free Android uh, copy of the game, as well as Windows, Mac, and Linux. Yeah, but I can't use my Google Play credits for it, so... True. All right. Cool. We're on to The Last of Us. uh, What was the name of the segment, Brian? The last two weeks?
1: Yeah, yeah. because we're just going to talk about, you know, the episodes from the last two weeks.
2: Yeah, so I think we we may spoil through episode three, although, you know, we can, you know, pull punches a little... I don't know, we'll, we'll be fine. You should watch episode three of the show before listening to what we will talk about here, but we can start with episode two, of course, so... um what you guys? What, what do you guys think so far? I guess I don't know how we want to structure this. If we want to go episode by episode, we don't have to go beat by beat. But are we still liking
1: the program? A hundred percent. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm so
1: sold on it. I, having played the game like you guys, I am very intrigued by the choices in both of these episodes that um, were made to deviate from the video game. And I feel like they were both for the best, the major choices that were made.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I have to say with episode two, I felt things were pretty like straightforward adaptation other than the cold open, which was pretty cool in terms of like being in Jakarta and potentially at the kind of patient zero outbreak or nearby the patient zero outbreak of of, you know, the mm-hmm. the fungal pandemic. But uh the one thing I will say is that like I think uh you know Anna of the actress that plays Tess in the show, is is great and I like her a lot from Fringe. Um but also like I, I feel like she's got there's a depth to Tess in the game and we have to pour one out for Annie Wershing who's another actress who's been a lot of TV stuff including 24 and Bosch but she played Tess in the video game she just passed away yesterday from cancer at the age of 45 so that's terrible but Mm -hmm. I feel like uh I feel like you can feel a lot of Anna Torv in the version of Tess that she's playing which makes me kind of like happy that they found somebody that cares enough to, like, bring something to the role rather than just playing it straight from the adaptation, and, um, and I liked what she did with the character and kind of the relationship. It it feels as though she and Joel, Joel losing Tess in the game feels like you forget about it by the end of the, the video game, in my opinion. And maybe I'm wrong, because it's been so long since I played it. Oh, but I forgot it feels... about it, like, within minutes. It just, <laughs> seems,
0: like, it just seems like a thing that happens, and you're like, oh, okay, cool, and then you just move on. You saw like, the
2: trailers for the video game, you're like, this is a game about Joel and Ellie, right? Who's this test girl? And then she dies, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, now I'm in the real video game.
0: Yeah, it just, like, um, doesn't even... F- it's It was just, like, such a... I don't know, it... it In my opinion, didn't really serve a purpose to the plot, but in seeing it in the show and what having it explained, like also because I'm listening to the HBO podcast too with Troy Baker as the host, which is fantastic, Mm -hmm. and getting getting Neil Druckmann and what's his other name, Craig Craig, Mason, Craig Mason's getting their input on like the decisions they made and why, and like uh, you know just the overall having having tests like fleshed out in this manner uh is makes makes it so much more impactful when she dies and then to have to have these guys giving commentary on like you know seeing her change in character as you you don't know she's been bitten yet but she's acting differently because of her bite and like you not knowing that necessarily like, it just kind of floats over your head, but then it all just kind of clicks and makes sense, you know? Yeah. Um, Much like this episode, this latest episode, when Joel's talking about how, like, the, the fungus spread through the food, and he, in the first episode, skipped eating pancakes. He skipped mm-hmm. out on eating biscuits. He skipped out on eating a cake. And, like, that's crazy to me. <laughs> like, that that was, like... I, yeah. That blew, that blows my mind, that kind of meta shit.
2: I meant to look into because I feel like I heard somebody mention something about how uh maybe in the game one of the like things on the TV or the radio No, maybe it was just the radio in the first episode. I think you hear something about the Jakarta flower plant. Flower processing plant, like something going on. What yeah, it's
0: uh I don't think it was it's I don't think it was in the beginning of the game i think it's something that happens in the credits like as like that play the cl- credits play through and there's like shit going on in the background mm. i think uh i think uh decoding tv was just talking about that i was listening to it prior okay. to recording no,
2: here but i yeah i think i'm thinking of when when uh when tommy and joel at the, at the beginning of the show are like where the hell is Jakarta?" Jakarta even and and uh sarah has to be like "Jakarta's and uh indonesia like uh, it's i don't even remember the context of it but i think you hear something about it in the radio on the first episode and so like the fact that they're kind of like adding a little bit to the backstory about how the the spread even happened because the game wasn't even really concerned about that i kind of like that right too. um
0: well and that leads into the whole like this again, this third episode here they're standing over this basically an execution pit, and it does yeah. like a quick flashback to a town being rounded up to go to the a q z uh and it just what a depressing morbid sequence of like <laughs> of transition in that particular set of scenes, but then we get to meet uh bill uh as played by Nick Offerman who better win a fucking Emmy for this role. Cause <laughs> my God, never in a million years did I think Nick Offerman would make me want to cry.
2: Like, uh, you know what? Like Nick Offerman seems like such an awesome dude outside of Parks and Rec, but Parks and Rec Ron Swanson is such a particular character that, yeah, I think the, the expectation that the man playing Ron Swanson would get you there is like pretty 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 crazy but awesome Uh, like i i think he's an awesome actor but
0: yeah like a total powerhouse um in the i don't know did you listen to the hbo podcast
2: i did so the
0: whole sequence about them talking about breaking bad yeah how how vince uh,
2: gilligan thinks comedic actors are have have more uh are, are more um what was the phrasing that he used they're, they're like more attuned
0: to like the dramatic because of like who they are as people inside. Like
2: they're, they're, they have the, they have more humanity to them because you yeah. need that humanity to make people laugh is what I think. I think he kind of said. Vince yeah. Gilligan something like said. that. Yeah. Like I think it's really interesting because you can see there are things about it being Nick Offerman that made me laugh more than, than it would have been if it had been anybody else bill's like heightened libertarian bullshit tinfoil hat wearing character being played by nick offerman is just a perfect like intersection of like ron swanson with this dude but then the fact that you get to kind of really experience the stuff that was really kind of only told to you by Bill in the video game with Frank. Yeah. Uh, and, and and not even that. Most of it wasn't told to you. It was mostly implied to you. Um, the fact that they took the time to flesh out the storyline with them is it's great like it is it is the reason for this adaptation in my opinion is that like yeah they made little changes to the game here and there but there's so much of what they showed you with this relationship that also could have existed in the universe of the video game that it's very additive of the experience of having played the video game you know yeah it gives you it gives you that context and i like that a lot what do you think brian
1: Yeah, I agree with all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the guy who plays Frank
2: uh, was in the first season of White Lotus. He played Armand. I think his name is Murray Bartlett, and he's a very very good actor as well. Yeah. and
1: it it was fun listening to him speak without his usual accent. Yeah, because he's, he's Australian, I think. Yeah, I he's believe, Australian. So... Yeah, so he he reminds me
0: of a um. He's like an Australian version of, um, what's his name, Uh, Inglorious Bastards, and uh, Eli Roth? No, and Django Unchained. (laughs) What's his name? The German guy. Oh, Oh. uh, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, he reminds me of an
2: Australian version of Christoph Waltz. They could play siblings in a thing. Absolutely, like a hundred percent. That's pretty good. I could see that. He reminds me a little bit of um, Scott Foley. is who I'm thinking of.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows who that is. <laughs> um. You could put it. Put his uh, IMDb in the show notes.
2: Yeah, he'll be the car. The <clears> other <throat> uh, picture for the no, whatever. Yeah.
0: Uh but yeah this this episode was just so good man like everything about it was good it was it was just like incredibly well acted and directed and it was like it just tugging on your heartstrings the whole time i fucking
2: cried i cried when i watched it yesterday i cried when i watched it again with nicole like it's i wanted to watch it again today but i didn't have time to do it i really wanted yeah. to- it's just it was it was very masterfully done and i feel like it really honestly cements the reason that they wanted to even make this into a show in the first place because one of the things neil Druckmann brought up on the official podcast was like You, we couldn't do this in a video game, you know, spanning the lifetime of these two people and their lifetime that they shared together in a relatively like mundane for the most part. And a lot of it just would not play. It wouldn't hold your attention the way they want to in a game. And so I think the fact that this is something you could really only do in a, in a cinematic or a TV format, um, really shows the value of of taking something and adapting it and actually making it better for the medium that it's in. And I think they, it sounds like to me, at least they're doing that with the show. And I I have to appreciate that. I didn't know that they would, because I thought the story would translate very directly and just be, we're going to do The Last of Us, but for TV, and guess what? This story isn't just for gamers, but I feel like they did they they're going above and beyond that, and I I really appreciate that. So yeah,
0: I did. Uh, I also really liked the um the window motif at the end. Yeah, as as a as a callback to the opening, like the title card of the game.
2: Yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah, we don't have to parrot the entire official podcast. People should go listen to it because it yeah. is the director of. One of the co-creators and directors of the game and the creator of the show, so lots of good insight there, along with Troy and the, Baker and the Johnson. voice
0: actor of Joel
2: for Joel, yeah, very good. Um, but yeah. nice. that's the last of us. We'll we'll probably tune in again at some point. I don't know if it'll be in on a side weeks. quest or a normal. Yeah, the the last two weeks, the last two new weeks of us show within a show.
1: Very exciting. Go. Yeah. Very exciting.
0: Well, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to the show, check out Midwest Game com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon. The Patreon supports all the shows in our network. You can subscribe for as little as one dollar a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpnbz slash patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, David O, Alan K, and Corey Z for the contributions. One of the perks of joining the Patreon is to get early access to our bonus episodes that we call side quests. Side quests are where we veer off outside the realm of video games into food, beverages, movies, TV, and more. Join our Patreon to get those episodes one week early. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Uh I don't know what we're going to talk about next time. Obviously, like two more weeks worth of Last of Us. And then uh i think hogwarts legacy comes out which i was thinking about picking up and then a couple other things i heard forespoken just kind of bombed
2: but that's okay yeah yeah bummer it sounded you like just changed the
0: name to forgotten <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i don't know uh you know maybe i'll get through a little more dead space as well i can i can touch back in on that if there's anything interesting to talk about but uh Really going to try and bear down on some uh, God of War and really get through that. So
1: Do it. Yeah. Hopefully I'll do that. But we'll see. Sounds promising. Yeah.
0: All right. Cool. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.